0: Welcome to Descender from Klarna, a podcast where we deep dive into the design career topics we all think about, but don't talk enough about. I'm Rachel Rosenson, a design lead at Klarna. Each episode of our show, I'll talk with different designers about how they've navigated these tricky questions and what milestones or bumps they've hit along the way. Today, we've got two special guests for you. Let's start with welcoming Axel Lindmarker. Hey, Axel. Axel is a versatile Swedish designer. He's designed at the Google Creative Lab and on Klarna's design SWAT team. He's also brought designs into 3D, like with his successfully kickstarted ruler that sold thousands of units, or his own custom computer case that he designed and manufactured for himself. He's an off-the-grid sourdough baker who can't be found on social media, but can be gladly found in the kitchen. So Axel, what was this ruler all about?
1: that was actually a project i did and while i was at university so we were in junior year of a bachelor's uh, degree and uh, took a course that was essentially designed to get students to quit school and uh, not finish their degree and it was made by two former students at the school of visual arts where i studied that had uh, previously launched on kickstarter and launched the baron fig uh, notebook And they had a course on how to launch a successful Kickstarter and launch your own company. So me and a friend did that and we ended up launching and we sold a good couple of thousand units. Due to visa reasons for my friend, I was the one that shipped out 2,700 rulers. So I think I still remember how I was folding all the packaging. And I think if I would do it again, I would probably get pains in my shoulders again because it was pain, but we we launched. Sold them on a website for a year, roughly. But since he went off to work elsewhere, I decided to continue my uh, studies for the final year to get the degree.
0: So is it a failing grade in the class then if you don't drop out of school?
1: No, we got the highest grades, but I guess in like, from what they wanted from us, probably.
0: Sounds very cool though, a cool experience. And joining us as well today is Sine. Nuka is a Dutch designer who does her best thinking while cycling, like any good Dutchie. She's currently crafting the Klarna savings account in Berlin, but has worked for other fintech companies like ING in the past, and also spent time in the media space at RTL Netherlands. Off the bike, she's collecting pre-1960 cameras, and you can chat with her about them and all things design at Nuka Sine on Twitter. Welcome to the show, Nuka. What's the latest camera you've gotten your hands on?
2: I think the last one was also one of my favorites, which is a twin lens Helena. It was super, it wasn't super cheap, but it was fairly cheap. It's one of those where you look in the top of the camera and it has two lenses on the front. Awesome.
0: Very cool then. So let's get into it. It's been a year and a half now since life resembled something close to normal. One of the many significant changes we've encountered is the switch to remote working. Now, this won't be a podcast talking about Corona and its toll on all of our lives. Personally, I'm a bit tired of talking about Rona, but I do want to talk with our guests today about what they've learned about themselves, their work, and their process throughout this change from offices to remote. We're going to hear their perspectives on the impact and changes they want to see going forward. At time of recording, we're still working mostly remotely. And Klarna's eventual plan to return to office is a flexible plan with two team days in the office and otherwise the option to choose whether you wanna come into office or not for the other days. To get started, let's learn a bit about what this change really looked like for you. So how would you describe maybe your daily or weekly process in office? And how would you describe your, your daily or weekly schedule today now that you're working remote?
2: It's interesting because I also moved countries just as corona happened so my learn experience in the office was in stockholm but now i'm in berlin and i've never really fully experienced the office here well as you said in my intro i do my best thinking on the bike and i don't have that commute now and that's one thing that i miss i keep telling myself to do the walk before work like some people walk a block like an actual block around their apartment building before they start work, but I I never do. So if I would go to the office, I usually like to get in really early before most of the people would get started so that I can have a little bit of a quiet moment to work in the office and have breakfast there. Just chill out for a little bit before you get into the busyness of meetings and sitting with your team and everyone talking around you. At home, that is completely different. I don't start as early. And I don't really have that quiet moment before, but I guess I also don't need it in the sense that there is no one around me talking except for when I'm actually in meetings. I think when it comes to the day itself, it's not super different. It's nice when you're in the office that if you have back-to-back meetings that at least you're walking and you can have the spontaneous coffee talks. But I have been enjoying the work from home perks of having your own good coffee, doing laundry in between, always being home when the delivery guy comes comes by. They both have pros and cons, and I guess my routine is pretty different, though. How about you?
1: Well, I guess I only really experienced office life at Klarna for tops five months before we went remote. I actually went remote before they officially announced it. I was just talking to my AL, who's old, and told him I did not feel comfortable being at the office with the pandemic. And he was like, just work from home. So I started doing that. I really enjoy working from home. I feel like I am more productive and get more stuff done. I also enjoy those moments where I can take a quick break, do some laundry, go shopping. All of those are perks. But I do agree that going to the office and sort of that time it takes to commute, If it's not too long, can be nice to sort of just like gather your thoughts before you go in and sort of switch modes in your head. I can see why that like is beneficial for a lot of people. I do miss that commuting thing.
0: It's interesting that that comes up because it's almost like that's one of the things you would assume people are most excited about not having to do. But Mm. what do you think it is about the commute? How are you Mm -hmm. really using that time? What were you thinking about?
1: My commute to the office is like. 10 minutes tops. And for me, that time is perfect. You get into the head of like, okay, what am I doing today? If I have any ideas that spontaneously come up, I don't need that much time to get into the mindset. But the ability to contextually switch between private life and sort of business life is very valuable. And currently after work, I either take a walk or a nap. And then that sort of just having that kind of routine helps me switch off from work mode into more personal life after.
2: Yeah, I would say it's not so much the the time that I need to spend thinking, like changing my mindset. I just really like the cycling for also being outside, seeing the city. When I lived in Stockholm in particular seasons, I would get the sunrise when I cycled from Söder to the center of the city. And that was just nice. It's a beautiful way to start your day. And also if you go home, I don't think about work so much on the bike. It's, I think about other things. I listen to music, look around, just I I get to move and have this little bit of barrier between work and home. With working from home, I'm not too bad at letting work seep into my personal time in the evening, but some evenings for sure, it happens more than than before where I kept my laptop at the office most of the time. So I couldn't even really do work when I was home. And that's very different now, of course.
1: I actually, so my work from home setup, I have it set up so my laptop is always closed and it's just connected to two screens. So at five o'clock or when I'm done, I don't want that cut off. I use disconnect all of the USB-C cables to it. So I can't use it. And then it's just stuck there. And that works well enough for me to get that disconnect.
0: And speaking of that delineation between work and private, how do you feel about having an office set up in your home? Where is that space? What does it look like within each of your homes?
1: Mine is in the hallway and it's a very nice space, except for one thing, and that's airflow. I have no windows in here and it tends to get quite hot. Since there are no windows, I actually have an AC unit that I to open up the door and pump it out into the stairwell. No complaints from my neighbors so far,
0: And is this a new setup that you developed during remote
1: no no. i play a lot of computer games so i had a desk i had a proper chair it's a sit-stand desk it's a better chair than we have at the offices the monitor is better i have my nice microphone two screens everything i can need really so i'm very happy working from home
0: i do feel like gamers are the ones with the ultimate home setup, And I feel like in every team, there's the gamer who's giving everyone tips, like this is what you need. This is how you got to adjust it. What about you, Nuka? I know that you moved into a new flat during this time.
2: Yeah, so I didn't have anything really. I had a, like a little, or I still have it, little sick that's which is like a fold-out desk. But I kept working at my, just my dinner table in the living room for months until I finally gave in I was like okay I should really get an office set up I had my monitor but it was just at my dinner table and I didn't have an office chair so it was like December before I finally gave in and decided to buy a desk and an office chair and just set up a little corner it's still in my living room but it is its own little corner and I can also readjust it if I get bored of like point my desk more towards, just kind of move things around to keep it a little bit fresh. But yeah, it's in my living room though.
0: And do you think this interest in personalization or customizing your workspace, did you feel the need to do that when you were in an office?
2: We oh. had a clean desk policy, but you could leave personal stuff there. I had plans. I usually left my water bottle and stuff. The clean desk policy was mainly around papers and possibly sensitive information. We are a bank, so a lot of our information is just sensitive. So a little bit of personalization is nice. Just make it a little bit your own. It's nice to make it feel like it's yours. You spend a lot of time there.
0: Yeah, the environment matters, especially for designers who have such OCD about the exact pen they need to use. It makes sense that also how you surround yourself has impact and of course working from the hopefully quiet of your home for some people it's not very quiet that's very different than working in our open office floor plan how do you feel like that differences has gone
1: i work more efficiently at home i get quite easily distracted when there's other people around i am also a person that I don't like music that much so using noise counseling headphones with music to sort of filter it out that also sort of distracts me so being home and being able to have some quiet time is just very nice one thing that's good for me as well is my girlfriend's working from home as well so i'm not completely alone i have someone to take a walk with or take lunch with and stuff i i do sympathize with people who live alone and might get lonely or people with kids that just want to get away and have quiet time at the office instead of
2: yeah i i live alone and it doesn't necessarily get lonely i don't get lonely so fast but i used to have downstairs neighbors that were also working from home and we sometimes got lunch together and that was a really nice thing to do that definitely made my days a little bit better that helped bring some energy back into it but of course it's also different in this time where if you work from home. You have to be at home. Whereas if you would work remotely and you have more options of where to work from, I would probably pick a cafe for part of my days, just to get that different environment, hear people talk, get some inspiration, get some really nice iced coffee.
1: During the year, me and my girlfriend went down to my family's summer house on the West coast as well, to work for a week. Three points in time and that was really nice being able to get changed in scenery and see some other things so i love that i've also been fortunate enough to have family here in stockholm so i can just go to my mom's house and work and take some breaks and walk a dog or something so i totally agree like the there's a difference between working from home and working remotely.
0: Yeah. And I guess that's what's also hard to think about when reflecting about this past year is obviously there was so much other stuff going on in life. So it's not just reflecting on a change in work, but for me, it was the same. I was fortunate enough to work from the Canary islands for a month during January, and I found it to be a really refreshing experience. Cause I find it's nice to have vacation but then you come back from vacation and it's just this monster of slack and emails. And I feel like within one day, all of that relaxation is gone and your shoulders are tense again. You're like, oh my God, I'm in the trenches. Whereas when you get to work remote from a different location, I'm not getting behind on work, but I'm also having that rejuvenation. That's really nice.
1: I mean, the first thing I'm gonna do when I get back from vacation is just archive all emails, (laughs) not even read them. I'm just gonna, they're gone. Start fresh. Let's go. But yeah, I agree. I've been talking with some friends about the possibility now of we can take like a week and go somewhere and have vacation there and then stay a week extra and just work from there to get like the more immersive experience. And that's a really cool opportunity.
2: I think my experience at Clarence is generally that you discuss it within your team, sometimes domain. And there, it's very easy to adjust. The two days in the office are with the idea of helping collaboration and doing more brainstorms and maybe meetings like retros that can benefit from being in-person.
0: So there's lots of topics on how working from home is really great for the life part of work-life balance. It's helpful for errands. It's helpful just to spend less time commuting, spend more time getting the dream apartment, but. I'm curious on the work side of things. As designers, we collaborate with multiple different stakeholders. We brainstorm with each other. How do you feel the process has been of changing so much of this communication to purely online or digital formats? So in my
2: experience, as we were making this change, I had had more and more meetings that were distributed. So some people were in the Stockholm office, some people were in the Berlin office. And I felt like those were definitely the least efficient meetings where you have a bunch of people in a meeting room and then another bunch of people in another meeting room and then you're on a call together like that doesn't work. Whereas the the change to everyone being remote and being a single person in the call was much more efficient and it took a little while for the whole etiquette to work out. But in that sense, it's fine. I also do like that. Joining a meeting, it just takes a second. You open meet and that's it. You don't have to walk to possibly another office, find your meeting room, get lost, kick people out of the room, set up the tech. Sometimes it still happens or the tech doesn't work, but it is a little bit quicker and less time consuming. I do miss the sitting together and working semi together moments, especially with other designers where you're just all sitting in the same room or at the same table and you can tap on someone's shoulder be like, Hey, can you just take a quick look? That's much less accessible in this way. I'm someone who kind of likes that being together, but doing your own separate thing as an energy, it holds me accountable. When I see someone next to me concentrating or working or designing it helps me focus sometimes, but at the same time, I'm free to have my Pomodoro timers here and my music on and put myself in any mode that I want to, where the office cannot stop me from that. Like if, if it's really busy in the office, it might stop you from really concentrating and in home that that's just the, the fault. For sure. Yeah, I, think,
1: our- I agree. The collaborative meetings are the ones that are suffering the most. I miss the ability of sitting in front of a whiteboard and jamming it out. And of course we have like tools like Miro or FigJam to use brainstorm with, but it's not as fast when you're trying to quickly decide on a design and iterate, and you can just have a whiteboard and just draw on it. Anyone can do it. I guess mostly it's like the collaboration with engineers and project managers and stuff that is suffering because. They don't necessarily know Figma with other designers. That collaboration works well remote now, I feel, but it's communicating with engineers and letting them sort of express themselves visually so we can speak the same language. That is uh, harder now. Regarding other meetings, I haven't had the same problem with like split up things. I feel fortunate that most people have been understanding and working towards uh, making it work. I heard some examples from my girlfriend where they had some workshop and a lot of people were in the office and some people were remote and then they split up into groups. So it was like three people in the office, one person online instead of doing one group fully online and all the other groups physically in the office. And that was apparently a bit of a disaster. Whereas things I've been, have been more like, okay, the online people, we split these guys into a group and they can discuss easier. And then we come back and share learnings and stuff. So it's worked well for me. It
0: makes sense that importance of having a level playing field and really being able to look someone in the eye as you're talking with them, have clear audio, of course, really matters. Going back to your point about how it's a bit more difficult with engineering, I'm curious how you've managed to work around that or if you've discovered any hacks.
1: Mostly it's a lot of transparency. It started more now that we went over to figma before that it was harder i'm not sure how many of them understood how to work with abstract i didn't really fully understand it either but we went over to figma and i started used one file and uh, that was great to start with they would go in they would look they would throw in comments and stuff but as it grew quickly realized we need to separate it so now i have one public file that is everything that the engineers need to see that we that i deem ready to be discussed with them or developed. And then I have my separate sketch file that's just hidden and just for me. And I invite designers or other people on a case by case basis. And then I remove access again after a discussion. But that transparency of like every time I want to discuss something or show something sort of like the, Hey, what do you think about this tap on your shoulder thing, they know exactly which page in the Figma file to go to. And we can just look at it together. And I've encouraged them to go in there and throw in comments as much as possible, and that seems to be breeding a sort of engagement and collaboration that we didn't have before. What I've also recently started doing is uh, we have design syncs where I explicitly talk with engineers about design a few times a week now, and. Every three weeks, I have a one-on-one with a random engineer, and we discuss how we can sort of create more efficiency working together. So it's like a lot of transparency and trying to optimize workflows.
2: Yeah, I have a little bit of a similar experience in terms of transparency. I did, of course, work with engineers before the remote part, although it was in a different team, so it's hard to say. It, It really does depend on the team and the type of work and how familiar everyone is with the work. I'm currently in a team that is fairly young when I joined, but something that I did, so instead of using Figma, cause that wasn't an option back then, we used a lot of Miro and I used a lot of abstract collections where the engineers would just comment and go through them. I've also set up a biweekly meeting with the team to be like a little what's cooking and design. And I would show anything from very early concepts to later on and invite their comments and ideas. And then as Miro grew within Klarna, I've started using that a lot more as well and getting their input within Miro, which has been very helpful. So we make flow charts in the same Miro board where I make mine and they make theirs and we get the technical and the design side all kind of together, which has been really cool.
0: Yeah, I definitely love it from a documentation standpoint of this collaboration. And it almost feels like because we're forced to schedule meetings to communicate, we're more intentional about having check-ins. And so maybe you're lacking some of the casual chat, but some of the actual information sharing or, or documentation sharing, because it has to be done digitally, you're remembering to do it more. I'm curious, how do you feel like it goes with knowledge sharing of keeping up to date with what's going on, what designers are working on? How does that feel in this new world?
1: I'm not sure it feels very different. I still feel like at Klarna, we can be better at sharing what is happening between domains and designers. I feel like there are a lot of great ideas floating around and you don't really know about it. Like, I don't really know currently what you're working on Nuka, for example, I see it on our design competence days, but I wish that was more often. So I think we could be better at that, but I'm not also not sure how that much that would be different if we're in the office, because you're in Berlin, I'm in Stockholm, Uh, it's not like I can go over and just knock on your shoulder and be like, Hey, what you're working on. So we're still like split up in different offices across the world. So we need to have that information sharing digitally online anyway.
2: Yeah. I mean, my experience at Klarna now is about 50% in the office, 50% remote. And when I first started, we were also mostly all in Stockholm as a design team and much smaller, but we had the same challenges back then. We did have a Slack channel where the idea was to share in progress work. And sometimes it would be more active than others. But in general, it's hard to keep track of what other designers are doing who are not closely related to you. So I know what everyone is doing in the banking area. I know most of what Card is doing, but I don't work that closely within the app as my product. It's much harder to keep track of that. And especially, we have a whole business side of things like all the designers that work on merchant products. That is also much harder to keep track of. And I think we can definitely improve that more. I keep
1: track of what we do within the designers in the app domain, because we have a tactical sync every Monday where we share what we're doing. And then we have, at some point during the week, there's like a bot prompting us to post just a quick screenshot of what we're working on. And that works really well. Everyone just posts a quick thing about what they're working on, like a 140 character plus image. So you get a nice overview and you get some discussions usually about it. That is always really
0: nice. Yeah. And the card made me do something a bit similar where we have an informal design standup on Slack where a bot just says, okay, what are you up to today? And you could kind of post some comments and that it's, we don't add screenshots of designs because we want it to be very low fidelity, but it's also just helpful because then you can reach out and ask questions if it's relevant to you. For context for our listeners. The Klarna Product Design Org, which includes product designers, UX writers, and user researchers, I think is pushing a hundred people now. Um, of course, many more designers as well, and on the brand side. So, when we talk about the the challenges of keeping up with all of the designers, we're talking about those other ninety nine designers outside of ourselves. But in an organization with such a large design org, do you think it's necessary? to know what all the designers are up to
1: it is a serious problem because what we want to do we want to present the Klarna app as a cohesive product and if we're not syncing with every single part that is going into the app we're going to end up with a look that's visually different suddenly someone has made a slight change or like using a half panel in a slightly different way and that breaks the experience And I think we're now looking into having some sort of system to check on how we sort of police that and make sure it's a cohesive experience.
2: I think it's something that you see in almost every large app, I would say. You can definitely see this within Spotify. You can see it within Facebook. All these inconsistencies that happen because we have components, but we don't use them in the exact same way. Or... A flow has to happen in a certain way. You're working with constraints. Either it's time or something else, something technical. And then you start to kind of hack it together and it's less neat. And But also when someone wants to kind of innovate or do something new. I mean, we do want to push design and create great stuff. And it's hard to make sure that everyone can follow along with that. Where it's like, okay, we have this cool new thing let's align it and not just have one person have the cool new thing which is nice
1: yeah and I, I totally agree that this is something that goes for any big organization when i was at google it was the same thing Like at some point i was tasked with like find all the inconsistencies in all of the main apps and there were so many like icons weren't used in the same way the way you accessed your profile was different so many different things because of course Google is like magnitudes larger than Klarna, and it's going to be even harder there to sync between designers. Here at least, like in Klarna, I have a vague notion of who should I talk to if I notice something. At Google, I was like, OK, I found this. Who who do I talk to now? It's it's just a problem that appears when we grow large.
0: Yeah, and I think it's, it's a great point around this need for innovation while trying to maintain consistency and that friction. At Klarna, we have an established design system team. It's a built-out design system that has its own dedicated engineers maintaining components, but also all other designers are contributing. And so that balance of when do you use design system, when are you pushing for something unique, of course, is is a, a challenge that you have to make throughout all of your decisions. We talked a bit about hacks and ways you found of working with engineers but i'm wondering how you're gaining inspiration from other designers or how are you learning from other designers now that you're working remotely
1: quite a lot actually like we've had quite a lot of crits and workshops happening on a regular basis and those are always nice to just share information as well as when we're sharing things in the slack channel i posted something about onboarding and empty states last week and we had like 15 comments discussing it if it's good or bad as like a thing with the conclusion that okay after everyone's back from vacation maybe we do a little workshop around this and people just like contributing so that's nice
2: yeah we also have a weekly design crit session within banking so we always see someone's work and comment those are really nice think from an async perspective, we can do a little bit better. I have posted things in our channel and it kind of falls between the cracks of the messages and people's work. So it's more on me to find that collaboration and involve other people and, and
0: getting inspiration from them. Switching gears a little bit, one of the critiques I've heard about remote work is really what this means for the the next generation. People coming straight out of uni, people who have made a career change, people who are in junior level positions, And, and how it's the responsibility of all of us to be mentors, to teach people what it's like to really be in the workforce and make sure that you can make that transition into your career successfully. And I wonder how you all think about growth opportunities or how you might've handled this kind of switch had it been earlier in your career. I know Axel, you mentioned that this was kind of a change for you going from more of a a brand design role to a product design role. And so I'm curious maybe how you kind of got your feet wet.
1: My general perception is that if you can design one thing, you can design anything. I don't think we need to be so specialized and say, I'm a product designer, I will never do branding work or I'm a brand designer, I will never do Product design work, it comes down to a lot of like shared cornerstones of how things work. So for me, I got into f- sketch and things very quickly, but other than that, it's mostly picking up on small things that I'd never done before. I remember watching Christian Apple on video calls and he's constantly doing a design and then he's sitting with his phone up in his face, looking like, Hmm, Hmm. And realized that, okay. I should not trust looking on screen. It's similar to like in a brand world where you want to print out the business card to see how does it look actually physically it's the same principle and check it where you're actually going to be using it instead of on your phone screen or on your laptop screen. The pixel density is different. The actual size might not be the same thing. The way you interact with it, just by holding it in your hand versus looking at it on a screen is different it's just been helpful little tips like i've asked around being like okay how how can i make sure that things are detail oriented because that was something that i got feedback almost that i had a lot of good ideas it's just i didn't really trust myself to start i guess so i I would always like quite aggressively show things to other people or other product designers to get their reaction and after hearing that i slow down i just like looked at myself more, looked more on the phone, and be like, okay, what what do I think? And then I present the best ones. So I don't think it's necessarily too different. It's just you have to maybe be a bit more proactive.
2: Yeah, I would say from a design perspective, that's probably not where the biggest challenge lies. I think one of the main values that I can see from working in the office and working in multidisciplinary teams in person is being able to get a peek into the other person's life, like the engineers or the product managers. I come from an agency background, so I've been working with a lot of different kind of skill sets and things like that. And if I reflect back on it, I would definitely say that I've learned a lot around engineering just from sitting in the same space and hearing their conversations, hearing the challenges that they speak of, the way that they collaborate when they do like a mob session, the way that they estimate, all those things that I wouldn't necessarily be directly involved, but being kind of on the side of it, still hearing and learning. I've been an acting product manager for the past four months, and I don't think I would have been able to do that if I had not had that in-office experience in Klarna and literally just kind of follow my product manager around previously. So I would say design, I, I think you can learn at any point I think most of us are very curious people who are happy to try out a new tool and learn that and play around with it and ask for feedback, but a little space around it. So I'm curious, Axel, if you have any experience with that where you notice, oh yeah, I might miss that now, or have you found remote ways to replace that value?
1: Honestly, I'm not sure if I'm missing it or not. I have a quite close working relationship with my product manager so I guess it would be more on the engineering side and that's where I'm trying to learn more and why I'm trying to have these like design syncs where I show early things and they can voice concerns early on about tech and stuff but I agree that it's interesting when you end up in discussions with engineers and especially when there's more of them and they start discussing the feasibility of things that's always great and you sort of learn something from it So it may be harder remote.
0: With me, it's kind of gotten broken down into four phases of collaboration with engineers, which is the brainstorm, feedback, feasibility, and grooming. And so brainstorm is more of that whiteboard session that Axel mentioned where we're all really coming together and it's an equal playing field. I think feedback is really when we're just talking about, do we like this idea? Are we inspired by this idea? Is this something you want to build? Or is this something that we think is actually solving the problem? Feasibility is helpful for then talking about these engineering constraints and having dedicated meetings to that, I think is really helpful for designers to learn the engineering perspective. And then grooming is of course, breaking things down into tickets. But I think at the start, we were trying to do feasibility and grooming all at once. Where it was like here's the idea let's just start breaking it down and then it starts going sideways because this doesn't really work and now we're moving into a brainstorm of how else we can do it but now we're not really using the time efficiently and accomplishing the goal of this meeting so those separations have helped uh, at least for me and and the engineers i'm working with but one other thing that you mentioned both of you is the need to be proactive go out ask these questions be curious try out new things and for some people, it's something they're really comfortable with doing. And for some people, it could feel intimidating. Maybe you're a bit more introverted. Maybe you're new at a company and it's really scary to to look dumb in front of people. We've all certainly had those moments. And what would be the tips you would have for people who are struggling on finding those right methods or, or those right ways to communicate?
1: Honestly, I'm wondering if remote is better for such people because To a lot of people, it might be easier to send a Slack message than to go and talk to someone. I certainly find that I can think about my response. I can uh, formulate it in the correct way and I can send it off. And maybe I can even put on do not disturb for an hour if I'm freaked out and not look at Slack and uh, then come back after taking a lunch walk and being calm. My best tip is probably to get to know people. People aren't generally scary. You don't necessarily have to be the person that has to go and talk to the chief product officer or something if that's scary. Make friends with your team lead and get their support in doing these things. So you don't have to do it yourself all the time.
2: I would agree with that. Most people are very friendly and helpful. Sometimes you get ignored, but they probably don't do it on purpose. Slack is not always the easiest way to keep track of messages. Like if you've read one and then don't have time to immediately answer, it can be hard to find it again, but I agree with Axel, become friends or, or get close with the person who can be your mentor, whether if your company already gives you that, like the way that Klarna does, where there's a mentor role built into the structure that we have within design or within competences use that, get close with them really. Talk with them about what you want, what you want to learn, who you can learn it from. If your company doesn't offer that kind of structure, try to find someone who is willing to do so. Ask them if, you, if they want to be a mentor or just tell them that they inspire you and you would like to learn more from them. People are very happy to share that knowledge. There's always a little bit of proactiveness necessary if you want to grow you have to do it yourself you can't just rely on other people to make you grow sometimes you're lucky and you have someone who really pushes you but yeah they're not always there and then you gotta just gotta try it yeah chances are
1: if your team leader someone doesn't have problems going and talking with someone that person they're going to talk to is probably a nice person as well
0: very true And as a last thought, looking forward to the future. Some people will be going back to the office. Certainly at Klarna, we're going to have parts of our week where we're back in the office because the perspective is that some things are better when people have flexibility, but there's some moments around ceremonies and teamwork that it's really great to be face to face. And as you look forward to whenever we're back in an office, what are some of the things that you think you want to do differently versus last time around
1: is it possible to say that i would like to be remote full-time
0: definitely so why is being remote full-time the right choice
1: well i'm saying that i want to work from home all the time i don't mind going to the office i would still expect to go in for certain meetings or workshops and what have you but there could be a world where i could go in for like mondays until lunch and do all the sync meetings, Maybe we have a workshop Thursday afternoon. I go into the office then as well, but the rest of the time where I'm going to focus, I just want to be home for that. I think it comes down to all those like nice little things that it enables me to just getting stuff done. Like I can go on my lunch break and pick up a package and go shopping at the same time and then have time to cook lunch. I, since I'm baking sourdough, I can start that. That's a long process. I have to start it in the morning, feeding my starter. And then sometime in the afternoon, I start working on the dough. And so there are less of like the homework stuff that I need to do after I get home from my actual work, because I can bake those into like micro breaks that I would otherwise just spend looking out a window or looking at my phone
0: at the office. Get it, bake those things into your day to day. I see what you did there. Yes. Nuka, what about you? (laughs) I'm looking forward to the flexible
2: part of that because I definitely feel the same way as Axel's as having these days at home where you can do these things in between and doing your own lunch. But I'm also definitely looking forward to those moments of sitting in a space with other people and just having that feeling of concentration around you or being in a room with a whiteboard and you're all drawing together. I do miss those. Like I've had meetings where, or workshops where sometimes we would just start folding origami as a a little starter. And it's much more fun in person than it is remote. So I'm looking forward to the flexibility of both, to be honest.
0: Yeah. And I think for me, I'm not even sure what I want. I think most days I'm 100% on Axel's page where I don't want to go back into an office. I like the work-life balance. I I don't really see a need to. But then this week we had a, a picnic of designers in Berlin where we all met up after work at a park and just sat out until 10.30 at night. And it was so much fun. And I had met so many of those designers and I felt like, ah, this is so energizing. Like now I remember... was ever good about an office like it's really good to be around people like that's fun
1: i want those things planned i don't want them spontaneous
0: yeah but i think that's i mean maybe that's really the beauty that we're flexible which is that different people like working in different ways and different types of social activity and and this way it's kind of best of both worlds or, or maybe like a happy medium of both worlds
1: This sender is sponsored by the design team at Klarna. It is produced by Francesco Cudolo, Mina Engermark, Anusha Yussen and Rachel Rosenson. To learn more about the regular career paths on the Klarna design team, head to klarna.com/careers. A special thanks to Carl Reimer for our cover art and Hadriam Ekström, aka Adenima, for our music. If you want to check out more of his music, go to tinyurl.com/adenima. Got a question you want to hear from other designers? Answer? Write us at Klarna.com. At See you next time!